Hey Queen! Welcome to another episode of Is This Movie, You Know, where we talk about movies that are significant to the LGBTQIA community and view them through a gay lens. Then we discuss whether or not the movie is, you know, gay. I'm Fernando. I'm Josh. And we are your gay co-hosts. As always, make sure that you're following us on social media. We are at isthismovieyouknow.pod on Instagram and isthismovieyouknow on Facebook. You can also email us at isthismovieyouknow at gmail.com. You can expect the casual mention of same-sex intercourse and the occasional curse word to be dropped here and there. Like darn. Shucks. Wiener. Mitch McConnell. And fucking. So we hope you're ready. Because this podcast is about to get... So I think we need to address the elephant in the room. Um, the fact that this is our first episode in... Wait. A little wait, bit. But wait, Josh. Don't you love uh, New York City in, during Christmas time? Which is when we are recording this podcast. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> to make sense of the movie that we are watching today. Exactly. It is actually the day before Christmas, mm-hmm. and we're both wearing, like, very fuzzy, ugly sweaters. Hot chocolate. Yes, of yep. course. <laughs> um, in is... the Christmas spirit, yeah. I, I have converted for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were Jewish? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's not Christmas, sadly. It's it... Christmas somewhere. No, wait. That's true. <laughs> it doesn't work um, like that. You know what they say? Like, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's Christmas somewhere. Um, but no, it is our first episode in a while. In what, a while. What was the last movie? The last one we did was Luca. Oh. And we released that one in... October? Um, was it September or October? No, it I was. It was. I know there are um, dozens of millions of fans out there dozens uh, of millions dozens yes. of millions of months out there um asking what's happening and, and you know what we're not gonna tell you right um <laughs> letting you know we do read all your letters and love your fan art so please keep sending that um yeah although please um when you draw me you don't need to use so much in the midsection like we get the idea i'm bigger than fernando but like but like calm down but i am the bigger person (laughs) (laughs) um but (laughs) anyways today we are doing um single all the way all the way i i totally sang that out of key i don't know i i was i was i didn't think i was gonna sing it and then i just started so let, let me try again. Single all the way. There we go. Oh, that's better. Thank you. Um, Th- are you introducing it? Am yeah, I? you know what? Uh, well, okay, so here's the problem, folks. I'm going to introduce it, but I, I don't really know how to introduce this movie. This is a 2021 Netflix Christmas movie, which stars... Um, which stars Michael Yuri, Luke McFarlane, and Philemon Chambers, as well as Kathy Najimy and Jennifer Coolidge. Is that how you say it? Is it? I've always said Najimy. Najimy? Yeah. Najimy? Um, no, I really think it's Najimy. Najimy? I don't know. We have to watch the making it of Hocus Pocus. <laughs> um, or Rat Race. Have you watched oh, that movie? Wait, no. What is it's that? It's apparently... It's um, Whoopi Goldberg and... Um, 
John Lovitz and um, and is Kathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, they got really, really got Michael Yuri for this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm not going to talk about it now, but I'm a huge fan of Michael Yuri. Oh, and um, Jennifer Robertson is in this, and for those of you who don't know her name, yeah, know you should is. because oh, she, she was in Shit's Creek. Creek. She, was, she um, plays. Um, <laughs> Um, Roland's wife, um... (laughs) Wow! You really don't remember? Um, oh my god, no, no, of course! She played Jocelyn. (laughs) Jocelyn shit. She wasn't Jocelyn shit. Oh yeah, she was Jocelyn shit. Yeah, she was Jocelyn shit. Um... Um, anyway, um, so this movie is a gay Christmas rom-com... But IMDb says, desperate this to This is avoid- not a movie. <laughs> it's actually not a movie. <laughs> is this movie? You know, it's, it's, it doesn't qualify. It's not a movie. Um, desperate to avoid his family's judgment about his perpetual single status, Peter convinces his best friend Nick to join him for the holidays and pretend that they're now in a relationship. And just so you know, most sites that I've been on have... A synopsis that is very similar to that, and that is misleading, that is fake news, because that oh. premise only lasts about ten minutes. Yeah, like in any movie. No, but like, they right. don't even pretend that they're a, a couple. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, let, oh, okay, oh let's well, pretend let, they're the couple, and then about, they get there. Let's, let's and talk <laughs> about the plot. So it starts with, um, what's this white gay, um, Michael Peter. Yuri, Peter, yes. Um, Peter... Being a like a marketing, I want to say it's marketing professional. They're they're always marketing professionals. Yeah, all um, gays work in some kind of marketing. Um, and he's dating someone, and he's finally gonna bring him home for the holidays after dating him for three and a half months. Which, like, yeah, I know you're getting old. Like, how old is Michael Yuri? He's like forty. He's forty one. Yeah, I yeah. know you're forty one and you're desperate, but like after three months, it's well, kind of like, well, okay, but but. But you gotta back up because P- Peter has always been known to be the single one. Right. Everyone in his family for years. Yeah, he's like, oh, like, you're such a single one. You don't one. think that's intense? I, it is intense, but also it if you're like, surrounded. You're like, but I am intense. <laughs> but I am intense. No, but, it, but if you're surrounded by that kind of energy, because like in the beginning of the film, everyone who talks to, to Peter, they're all like, oh, how's the singleness going? And they're like, it's like, wow, like no wonder you're so emotionally stunted because everyone in your life has made you feel like you're like you're nothing because you're single. Also, um, you would know about that. <laughs> um, I'm projecting. Um... No, well, I just want to clarify real quick that this is not supposed to be a good movie. Like, I think, like, just, like, just for everyone, like, if people haven't seen the movie, it's, like, doesn't, it's one of those movies that doesn't quite really look like a movie, but, like, a film project. It's, like, a homework movie. It, it, like, you yeah. know, like, every, like, the promo material, the poster, like, the scenes, like, everyone knows in what movie they're in. I just, I just think that in order for us to, you know, discuss the film, we really need to clarify that. Yeah. That we are really, like, we didn't go there expecting, like, Call Me All Your Name. Or, like, honestly, like, not even Happiest, happiest season. season. I think the production value of Happiest Season oh my was, God. Like, a lot they, they, like, had like a <laughs> they had Victor Garber. They had Victor Garber. They had Victor Garber. They couldn't get Victor Garber for this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, 
we gotta keep in mind in order to bear with the ridiculousness of the situation. Yeah, because um, th- th- this is one of those. It's a feel good movie. There isn't really much conflict except like, will they, won't they, and then like there, there aren't really stakes. You know, like lots like, of salads though. <laughs> Now I remember why we stopped recording. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no. Um, so, but like, it yeah. just, you know, like everyone is overacting and that's why they drive it to like, they like keep saying like, oh, you're single, how single life, single guy. That's why the movie's called Single All the Way. Because they're constantly like, it's supposed to be, like, ridiculous to the point that, like, right. why is everyone saying this? Right. And so, so Peter brings Nick home to for, Vermont, Wait, no. No. Have they we don't, not gotten there, there yet? Well, no. Like, he, so he's dating this guy, the three and a, three and a half months guy. And then he, um... He finds Nick, out that... Nick finds out that he is married, so... Yeah. the woman, um... <gasps> So they end things, and if this is, like, two days before he's supposed to go back to New Hampshire. So he's like, Nick, come with me. And Nick's like, okay, fine. You're, like, my best friend, so whatever. I'll come with you. And, like, his family knows Nick, and they love Nick, like, a little too much, I would say. But when he gets back um, to New Hampshire, Michael Yuri's mom sets him up on a blind date with a hot single gay guy. Um... What's his name? Um, I was. It, it isn't it gay. <laughs> his name is gay, right? Gay. James, 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 James. Okay. Which is the which is like top three gayest names. You know. Um, you know what, Josh? I truly think that her name is Najimi. <laughs> Najimi. I think so. We Vagina. have to look this up. I'm so sorry, everyone. But she's just Kathy to us. She's, yeah, she's just she's Kathy. Just Kathy. Um, anyways, they get home, and, yeah, I mean, you know, like, shenanigans ensue. Turns out that this guy that goes he goes on a date with is actually, like, really nice, so, like, it makes him conflicted about, and, like... And, like, literally an amazing guy who is low-key, like, a gay bro. Right. Um, like, and yeah. then you know, like the whole family conspires in order to get Nick and the other one together, but the other half of the family wants this other gay, you know, like la la la. Yeah. And at the end, they realize that they are meant to be together, and they kiss, and they and they move like, to New Hampshire. New Hampshire and Nick because is he like, has nothing going on in his life. And Nick like buys Peter a plant shop. And, like, you uses his savings to, like... Well, he's a famous uh, children's author. I wouldn't say he's famous, but he's... A highly he's a success- children's a book best-selling... A- a- author who wrote a book about, like, a dog. Yeah, his dog. His dog, yeah. But anyways, how do you hear about this film? I heard about this film because, well... I'm I'm the president of the Michael Urie fan club, so... Um, no, but, I mean... With all of these Netflix movies, you hear about them because it's literally on Netflix. That's the kind of power that Netflix has. But I heard about about this because, you know, I do follow um, gay news. Michael and, <laughs> No, and just gay entertainment news. And I, you know, I saw the trailer and it said Netflix is uh, 
premiering Single All the Way, which is a gay Christmas rom-com. And I was like, oh, you know what? Great. Yes, I would love to watch it. Do you watch the other one? The Michael Bennett one? Michael? Which one? That one's the gay, like the guy from Mean Girls. That yeah, no, uh, gay. no, I know who he <laughs> is, but like, what is the... It was a Michael Bennett gay Christmas movie. It was, the, like, I remember, I found out about this one because they kept packaging it with the other one. They were like, oh, we got two gay Christmas movies coming on. <sighs> what? I think it was the Hallmark Channel. The Christmas House. The Christmas House. The I didn't Christmas see it. House. Yeah, it was the Hallmark Channel. I saw it and I was like, uh. No, you didn't. If you had seen it, you would have remembered. No, You're because. so the... fake. Oh my God. <laughs> it was Why so forgettable. Why are you for... to our audience? It was so forgettable, though. Um, it was like, it was bad. And it was like, it was, it literally was a made for TV movie that felt like a made for TV movie. Mm. No offense to like. Michael Bennett. To like the great TV movies out there, like Temple Grandin and The Wizard of Lies and, you know. Um, you Don't Know Jack. Have you seen that one? You Don't Know Jack? It's I love an, Jack. It's an HBO movie. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah the Normal that. Hard. Yeah. Really good movie. We talked about it on the Recount. Pod. Recount is a Recount. very good movie starring... <laughs> Him who shall not be. Oh raised. God, I forgot about um, that. <laughs> but anyways, um, but yeah, I that's how I found out because I kept seeing articles of like, we got two competing gay movies, and it's like okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't see the other one because I don't have cable, so I can't watch the whole channel. But oh, um, so sad. I did watch this one because my parents still pay for Netflix. Yes, and a friend, a friend, a nice ally. Um, she um, was like, I'm watching this movie. We have to watch it. It's so bad. So I did, and... But what did you think of it the first time? I enjoyed it. I thought... We've talked about this before. It's that, like, we as gay people, we also <laughs> deserve... Like, not everything, you know, has to be uh, a movie about the HIV, the AIDS epidemic, or, like... Right you know, like, one being closeted and one being outed, or another, like, being in a conversion camp. Um, if the straights can have, like, Roma or marriage story, and but also they can have, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and She's All That, that, that we deserve yeah. that. Yeah, we, we I deserve, think we that, deserve that, And, like, that's the other thing. It's not, like, because it's, it's a fluffy movie doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Like, I... Um. Like, I think yeah. that, like, Legally Blonde is, like, top ten scripts of the twenty of the 2000s. Oh, absolutely. So, I'm like, it doesn't really, like, I'm not saying that it's a bad movie because of that. I'm just saying that, like, we, I just needed a movie that I could right. watch with my friends where I saw myself in a character, and I think that's valid. And, and like, Christmas movies in general, as, as the token Jew in this duo... You know, I, I, I'm not sure I can speak to this as well as you can, but but, but Christmas mo- mo- movies don't necessarily need to be about anything. At the end of the day, they're supposed to get you in the spirit of family and Christmas. Truly. And that holiday vibe. And this movie does that, you know? Yeah, like, I watched it. I think I watched it last week of November. And, you know, like, you're starting to watch things, and it's really nice and pretty. Like, you know, like, it really gets you to Yeah, yeah. And, um... Yeah, I I think that 
it really is is what what we needed this uh, year is the one thing that we needed fuck vaccines fuck <laughs> testing oh my god um, oh my god but no it really i truly do think that it was like i laughed in a couple of joke attempted jokes oh when when he was like oh i learned on hgtv is that the homosexual gay network <laughs> stupid um <laughs> But like he was like, I want to fix your pipe, and then everyone was like, kind of awkward about it. It's like I was like, this is peak comedy, you know. Like I did, I did chuckle, and like yeah. at the end of the day, like if you're watching this kind of movie, expecting like to be anything other than mildly entertained with a holiday flair, like what are you doing? Right. That being said, yeah, we that, re- mm, we yeah. rewatched it. Um, for this um, episode, and what do you I, think, Josh? Um, I I didn't like it as much the second time. Well, it's I no think, longer Christmas either, right? Well, yes. What are you talking about? It's December twenty third. <laughs> We're drinking our hot cocoa. No, but I there was it lost its charm for me. I think that it's one of those things where you experience it once and you never have to watch it again. But I don't think it stands as well when you rewatch it. And I also think that, you know, given that we're in the middle of a Jennifer Coolidge renaissance, this feels like a step backward for her. I mean, I thought she was playing the same character she was playing in White Lotus. <laughs> Are you kidding? That... No, her White Lotus care character was so much more nuanced. This was just like... This felt she like plays, honestly. This felt res- like improv. All respect to Jennifer Coolidge, but she can't do anything other than Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know why, <laughs> but the gays, they loved me. Like, okay, it's just um, the gays just know how to do stuff. How to do stuff. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah, I for and me for me it just a lot of it was just it really just not Christmas so interesting that really d- takes a lot of enjoyment out of it I think yes but I've watched Happiest Season not during Christmas I've watched Elf not during Christmas and those are great movies I'm not and I mean this is a different movie right than but Elf like Elf Happiest right Season. and Elf it's a like I think it's a movie that was trying to be like. I want this to be a classic in right. the critical sense. Yes. Which it is. It is. Like, they oh, already, absolutely. they don't need the holiday for, for them to be good. And right. Which is what we remark, right. is that the holiday is, like, an added bonus for these kinds of movies. Yeah. Yeah. I also just, because I love Michael Yuri, and I just felt like he's so talented, and why is he not getting more roles? Why is this the best he can do? I mean, Lindsay Lohan is doing one of these. Oh, honey. Lindsay Lohan and Michael Yuri, just putting them in the same sentence has given me such I mean, diarrhea. Lindsay Lohan could do Ugly Betty, but can Michael Yuri do The Parent Trap? Michael, <laughs> Michael Yuri could do The Parent Trap, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Freaky Friday. Herbie Reloaded. Herbie Fully Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Yuri could not do Mean Girls. Michael Yuri <laughs> could not do Mean Girls. Yeah, so I I think Lindsay Lohan could do every, anything, every Michael Yuri role that has ever existed. No, I just think, because Michael Yuri is such a great actor, and I feel, because you saw him in Torch Song, right? No. So he was in Torch Song on Broadway a few years ago. Work. 
excellent, excellent performance. And I feel like he just gives so much life to queer characters. And I guess I was just expecting a little more. I wasn't expecting it to be so vapid and just so surface le level. But like, but like we say, that's kind of what you have to expect going into a movie like this. I think that it's so effective of me rooting for them to be happy. It's almost like, oh, they did get together at the end. Yeah, um, but like, I didn't, I wasn't rooting for them. You were not rooting for them. How dare you? <laughs> Take responsibility for yourself. <laughs> Do you know this meme? You're like looking at me like, I don't no. know what's happening. Of course <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but, um... No, I mean, I mean, so, so here's, the, here's the thing. I don't feel like Peter and Nick really should be together as anything more than friends. I think the only re reason we are made to think that is because everyone in his family wants it to happen. And I feel like we're being gaslit and being told, oh yes, there is a very romantic relationship here. But no one really tells us why. How are they good for, for, for each other? No one tells us that. They know each other. Like they, <laughs> they know each they other. Know each it, other. It just feels like no, it's out like, of convenience. It's, it's established that like they are just so considerate with each other already, and because I think they do clarify they they, they do hook up initially or not. They 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 like did briefly when they first met yeah. or something. And like, like so, like we that. are we are led to believe that at one point there was some spark in there. Yeah. Um, and... But, like, we never see what what refuels that spark. It's re... Well, it doesn't really have... To, for, the way I understand it is that it doesn't really have to be, like, a moment, but rather you become familiar with a person that, like... I don't think convenience is, like, a horrible <laughs> reason for, like, someone to be together with another person. It's, like... You compliment me so much in a way that, like, I don't think any other person could. Like, why is that a bad thing? Right, but they, but they didn't get, but they didn't show us that. We were meant to imply that because other characters told us, you know? Like, and so it just makes me think, like, oh, they just don't want Peter to be single anymore. And Nick is also gay, so they should just get together and bang. Like, t to me, I... In closing... <laughs> in closing... In this essay, I will. <laughs> no. Peter's family pressured this relationship to happen. And it... That is getting in, in, in the way of my enjoyment. The only thing that I think is a little weird is that they were roommates. They were that roommates. One, that one is like, okay. I am very good friends with a lot of, like, people... Um, a lot, but like with the pe with a couple, what, you? with a couple of people that I used to date, and like as much as I love them, I'm like I I think that like that's just a little weird. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. Props to you if you do it out there, my dear listener. But I would I think at one point I'd be like, oh, are we supposed to believe that they've been living together together since then, and they haven't? tried anything right at all when we are then told that there was always like at least a little flame a little what if right there and peter is such like a volatile like emotional gay like that had to wow. be something you don't think men 
straight men and straight women can't be friends? Um, of course they can be friends. Can be can they be roommates without fucking? No, of course not. Wow, I got that on. Tape. I'm kidding. I'm got kidding. That on tape. Oh my god. Uh, Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I'm pleased to uh, confirm, because Josh here did the research. That As both, I do. That both main actors are um, L- part of the LGBTQ community. Yes, they both identify as queer. And I am pleased to report that Jennifer Coolidge is, in fact, Jennifer Coolidge. Right. She is indeed alive. <laughs> She's going to be in White Lotus season two. Oh, yeah. It's happening oh. in Sicily. But what's she going to do now that her mother's died? Um, well, she's also in Legally Blonde 3, which are going to be filming. They're going to start filming in April. You know, they they, they keep saying that. I'll believe it when There's I see it. There's a script. It. That's how I used to feel about Enchanted. And now that whole thing is filmed. I know. I know. Um, so, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but anyways. Um, <laughs> anyway, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I like the casting in this movie. I thought that that the two leads are really I, I well know, and that's the other thing. Cast. I know that you think that Michael Yuri should have done better, like, could be doing better. Yeah. But Michael Yuri is the type of person that I would expect. Has enough of star power to be, like, and Michael, Michael Yuri, like, starring Michael Yuri. You know, like, he... Mm. I don't think people know him that much. Yeah. From what? From, like, Ugly From Betty, nothing. like, yeah. eight no. years ago. No. So. No. Yeah. No, definitely not. He doesn't He doesn't really have that star power, which is a shame. <laughs> Honestly, um, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff could have been in this movie? I think he's a little bigger than that. Yeah, I mean... Jonathan yeah, Groff is. is in Glee... And Mind Hunter, my yeah, I mean yeah, like not just Glee, Mind Hunter, <laughs> looking for HBO, Frozen, and Frozen Two, and now and just like that, he's in and just like that. He was in that, yeah, really. Um, I feel like everyone's watched that except me. And the Matrix, right? He's in the so Matrix. So like he like he's like, a big he's, name. Yeah, he's a, like I think even though I don't think he's a big name, people, but even though I still think he's probably on the C list. I still think that Jonathan Groff is like a little bigger than Michael Yuri. Yeah, and and that's a shame. That is a shame. But these two actors um, do very well. I do think that they have chemistry. They do. I, I think would so. Believe, especially like, not that there is anything wrong, but there is a huge age gap that I don't think they ever mentioned on the movie. Wait, what? The guy is twenty seven, and Michael Yuri is forty one. It's 13 years. Wait, but but how old is Michael Yuri's character? That's what I don't know. But like <laughs> Yeah, I But mean... I'm saying like Michael Yuri is just really lucky that he just looks kind of twinky and young. And yeah. like and like Like if you told me that he was twenty nine, I would squint my eyes and then I'd say, Yeah, yeah, I see it. Um That's the only thing that I was like Like what are we supposed to believe? You know, like, why is this 27-year-old... Like, why is the 27-year-old guy, guy the sugar daddy? Like, why is he buying Michael a plant shop? You know? I don't, like... I wanted to understand that dynamic. I think it was... We needed that yeah. piece of information. But, yeah, no. Everyone else was great. Kathy 
Kathy, she's great. <laughs> Kathy was great. Um, I really thought that um, Jocelyn from Jocelyn Street. shit was really funny here. Her name is Jennifer Robertson, um, <laughs> and we should know that household name. Um, Jen- but Jennifer Coolidge, I I felt like I think it was the writing. I think she did the best she could with the material that she was given, but it didn't impress me the way that Jennifer Coolidge usually does. Wait, now I want to know how old she is. Not Jennifer, know that real not bad. Jennifer Coolidge, the oh. Shits Creek lady. The, uh, Jennifer Robertson? She is 50. Okay. Because she kept on being like, my little brother, my little brother, my little brother. And I was like, you kind of both look like the same age. <laughs> well, that's because they cast this movie 20 years ago. And it's been... I was in development hell. <laughs> Um, yes, um, Steven Soderbergh pulled out, <laughs> and Scorsese pulled out. And at one point, Leonardo DiCaprio was attached. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. yep. At one point, Doris Day right. was going to be the mother. Um, Gaga was attached, but then she left to do A Star is Born. Right. Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin was supposed to be in it. <laughs> So Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks. I just saw a funny meme on my phone, and that's why I'm like laughing. It's not because I make stupid jokes or anything. Um, um, honestly, if anything, because of the Renaissance that she's been having, Jennifer Coolidge surprised me being involved in this. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I do think that streaming money must be good money. So. It must be, yeah. I mean, because let's be real. Like, now, nowadays, if you want your movie or show to be watched, it has to be on Netflix. Netflix? Or it, it has to be on a streaming service. On a streaming service. On a streaming yeah. ser- ser- service. I think, like... And actually, I was talking to a guy recently on an app, and he, and he was like, oh, I <laughs> should... <laughs> and he was like, oh... And I was telling him about a show I was watching, and he was like, oh, I should Netflix that. And I was like... You use Netflix as a verb? I don't, no one says that. And, and he was like, oh yeah, of He was course. probably, okay, so you just gave it away. The guy was 65. <laughs> um, yeah, no one says that. It was that. Jimmy Stern. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, um, message us. Do you use Netflix as a verb? Because I don't. Um, but yeah, for HBO either. money, HBO money must be such good money. Ugh. Well, it, it wasn't because Legendary had to sue to get True. to get um to get profits from uh Godzilla or something I think Godzilla versus Kong yes um Dahmer snub we don't know what? The, the Academy Award nominations <laughs> haven't been announced as of now um, so I am hearing that Michael Yuri might be in the running well Benedict Cumberbatch I don't I think he's gone I mean I think Will Smith uh, it's Michael Yuri. <laughs> I, I know that, that you're being facetious, but there are very impressionable listeners who think that this movie's going to be Oscar-nominated, and I just want to say that it definitely that maybe, will not be. I don't think... Uh, wh- how were the reviews for this film? It got... Okay, so it got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which, fair. And a 6.2 on IMDb. Which, fair. Considering that IMDb yeah. is notorious... Uh, for being homophobic and sexist, so so really, 
to to translate that six point two, it's really more like an eight point one. Not that not I would say it's seven point five. Yeah, like yeah. for you, like it's like crazy stupid love is, which I think is like one of the best romantic comedies. Oh, I love it. It's seven point four. Yeah. So like okay. a six point two for a queer Hallmark channel like Christmas movie, like it's you know I think yeah. it's very decent. It um, got a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd, because apparently that's a thing now. Um, and just for comparison, I mean, I think this movie is horrible. Go listen to that. Um, but we said that production value-wise, Appiah's Season was the quote-unquote better movie. And that got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes and 6.6%. Yes. 6. In IMDb, six point two to six point six. Considering like the budget, like being and the whole production being like above, they got Kristen Stewart. That's gonna be an Academy Award nominated person. I know. Um, so yeah, I think all things considered, very good ratings. Yeah. 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 Oh, I forgot to mention. So the director, Michael Mayer. He is a Tony Award winner. He was in Halloween Kills, right? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Or no, that was the cat in the hat. <laughs> Wait, what? Michael Mayer. What? No. No, but that's not Michael Myers. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. That was Funny. Sick, right? Funny. <laughs> ha, funny. No, but he um so he's directing Funny Girl on Broadway this season, but Oh, he, is he? Yeah, but he won a Tony Award for Best Director for Spring Awakening. And now look at what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, how many... He Bro- directed Hedwig. How many Broadway people can say that they've directed a solidly well-known movie? How many? Name four. Sam Mendes. Oh, well, um, yeah. Oh, oh, you know. Hello, Dolly. Her. 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 <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, her. her. Yeah, no, there's not a single, yeah, no, that you I can think of, yeah. you know. It's and true. he's doing it. He's doing he's, the work. He, he is doing it. He's getting the work. And Funny me. Girl is going to be probably, like, the biggest show of the season. The Music Man could be. Could be. Well, Who but knows? it's not. Is this musical? You know. You know. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean, it's not. Because, because, because there are enough podcasts about that already. Um, I think that in general, this is a dumb just because it it did what it had to do. Like, it didn't embarrass us in a terrible way. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't feel horrible that my parents were watching this movie. Right. And, and I, I think that, say, And yeah. I think that's the bare minimum for queer movies, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, and one thing, like, we didn't touch on is that, like, I feel like... Like, a movie like this could have easily fallen back on stereotypes, but it didn't. And in fact, in fact, it went out of its way to avoid really making jokes about any gay stereotypes. There, yeah, there, there was, like, one grinder joke. And, and but, like, but the like, one about him not knowing how to do, like, a pipe or, like, something like that. But, like... But like but, a couple, but, like... But, but Nick does. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that if anything, the humor came from the characters trying to avoid that 
Like mm-hmm. when Kathy, our friend Kathy, our friend she Kathy. is like, oh, I bought this book that like teaches me how to be less problematic for my gay son. Mm. Like, yeah. the, like those, like, <laughs> like those, they did a lot of those kinds yeah. of jokes of like, we are very self-aware that like, we can't really deliver any like food for thought here. So we are just going to be like going to hit you with the head that like, we are very much aware that this is what we have to be doing, you know, yeah. like, yeah. But is this movie... You know. Gay. Yeah. 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 No pee-pee, no booty, but... And it... I mean, does, does there have to be pee-pee or booty for it to be gay? No. I mean, I certainly think it's among the gayer films that were released in 2021. I like it that, like, many Shonda Rhimes shows used to be known for, like, what they call colorblind casting, in which they would cast characters from, like... If it, like, if, if it wasn't really a big plot point to, like, a character, like, it didn't really matter if, like, during casting, if a character was, like, Hispanic or black or white or Asian. Like, mm-hmm. we just... Like, right. they wanted to create this environment where diversity was something that wasn't really explored. Right. I, like... And this movie... Reminded me a little bit with Shit's Creek in the sense that, like, um, Dan Levy once spoke about him not wanting to write, like, a plot about the guys coming out or facing homophobia mm-hmm. or, like, something right, like that. They, right. He was like, I wanted to create this universe in which it was the most normal thing ever and, like, no one would think twice that this is a thing that, like, happens. And, like, right. I appreciate the movie for truly being that um, in a film which is harder to do than Shit's Creek that it's like a self-contained universe. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I think the movie is, like, I give it props for that one. Oh, absolutely. It was very heartwarming to, like, watch a movie that, like, because when you meet someone that you like, you don't think twice about it now. Right. Like, right. so, like, it's, like, same thing when watching romantic films, like, there are those films that can be lighthearted and still acknowledge it, like Love, Simon. Right. Um, but doesn't but, like, mean that I they will have that, to be. I think that homophobia is somewhat, and, like, the secret of it all and coming out is more intrinsic to Love, Simon and Happiest Season than it is here. Right. You know, and I and I think that that as we are pro- progressing, we are coming to a place where queer narratives don't always hinge on is he gonna come out? Is he not gonna not gonna they're gonna come right. out? How is the world going going to accept him? And I think that you know we're we we are seeing a lot of queer trauma porn, you know, as as always. But I think we're also with this movie, we're starting to see those kinds of narratives that. Right, just gay people being gay. Right, and that's the other thing. I think that filmmakers used to have to be like, in order for you to understand that this person is gay, you have to show, like, their process for realizing that. Right. In the same way that, like, up until the new Batman movie, every single Batman film had a scene with Bruce Wayne's parents dying. Yeah. Like, every, every iteration of Batman. It's kind of like the same thing. It's like... Now, like, this next Batman film, we won't see the Wayne's die. So it's just oh, like... Oh, have you seen it? Um, 
I've heard leaks. So oh, um, okay, Nini. Yeah, leaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Nini <dumb>. leaks. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but like it's about the director trusting the audience enough to be like, you can fill in the blanks of how everything went. For you to understand that they're gay, like you see that, like they give you enough cues to understand that this family is just very liberal and very open and like right and like that he moved to LA to be surrounded by especially gay people so you don't have to show this person meeting gay people you know like I think that like this movie trusts the audience to live in a place and like honestly who are, other than in New York and California and watching these these films it's maybe people in Washington. <laughs> or in Boston. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. <laughs> like, the people who leave in, right. live in the places that are probably watching this film, like, they probably are the same with their own queer friends. So, like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, good talk. <laughs> good chat. Wait. Now, we gotta do our other segment. Tops and bottoms. Uh-uh. <laughs> um. Alicia Keys actually said that she wanted to write a jingle. Oh, did she? she oh my goodness. So it'll call her back. Yeah, we're going to ha- have to decide if we want to go with her or if we want to take up Demi Lovato's offer. Mm. Or um, I know Cher was interested as well, so we need to decide on that. Anyway, um, so something recently that's been making waves and that may or may not be kind of gay is M&M's, you know? Do you like M&M's, Fernando? Slim Shady. <laughs> ha! ha. Um, Do you like M&M's? Yes. They're pretty. Yeah. So, um... Have you been to the... Fun fact, I've actually been to, um, three M&M stores. Wow. Um, New York City, Las Vegas, and Orlando. Wow. Wow, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry that, that, <laughs> that you were subjected to it so many times. Yeah, but they're cute. They're cute. Uh, but they're yeah, cute. I, I enjoy them. I don't eat them regularly, but... I think I think that they are delicious. But I think that, like you say, like the fact that, that there's an M&M store, M&M's is not just a candy. It's like a fucking brand. And it's owned by a company called Mars Wrigley. Which I didn't know until I moved here. Like, some people go hard for those little shits. I don't know why. I think... I, I mean, they're not even, like, lovable characters. They're... They're mascots meant to sell a product. Unlike Mickey Mouse. Unlike Mickey Mouse, <laughs> who is would a never mascot... Be, who would be never used to sell a product. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Okay, so so Mars Wrigley um, announced recently that they were going to be revamping the M&M characters to make them more current and more representative of um, contemporary consumers. Um, and so essentially they did this with a very small redesign of just giving them all white sneakers and like the same color legs, which really, you know, didn't do much, but... But, well, explain what the changes were. So the biggest change was to the green M&M, who has long been the sexy M&M, and, um, and now she wears sneakers. Yeah, she used to wear go-go boots. Yeah, 
Yeah. And now she's just wearing sneakers. Yeah. And also, like, they made, like, it's very subtle, but they made their lips a little thinner and less eyelashes. Um, oh, I didn't notice. Oh, but you're right. Yeah. I didn't notice that. But, and so, this is a little weird for a lot of reasons. First of all, the fact that you, that you do, like, a corporate redesign like this that isn't really a redesign, aren't they being sued at the moment for, like, Mars Wrigley, for, like, for, like, uh, child workers, something? There's some, uh, controversy about that. Oh, we're gonna get a season deceased from Mars Wrigley talking (laughs) shit like that. Um... Yeah, no, I... Well, the thing that Josh had mentioned is that this has caused a storm in the conservative media. Fox News cannot stop talking about it, saying that now we're canceling M&M's because, because we're... Because M&M's so like, are going woke, essentially. So, he, like, here's the gag. is that both the extreme of, like... Like, they're ruining M&M's is obviously really wrong, but also, like, like I don't want anyone's highlight of their day to see that now the green M&M is wearing sneakers. Like, and is less, quote-unquote, sexy. Right. Um, like, they're just, they're just, like, cartoon characters. They're, they're literally mascots. Why, why, why do we care so much um, about them? And you want to know why? Advertising. Right. PR. I mean, it, it made for amazing coverage. Yeah. From, you know, like, everyone. Like, I think that they have these things, like, with M&M's. They do, like, they always have, like, an outrageous commercial for the Super Bowl. Then they oh, do, yeah. like, a viral campaign for another. Like, they, I think I want to say two to three, like, big moments a year. Um and this was the one for now, I guess. Props to their yeah. PR department. Ah, okay. I, I, I found it. They, Mars, Nestle, and Hershey faced a child slavery lawsuit um, brought by former child workers in the Ivory Coast. Oh, no. They claimed that they were used as slave labor on cocoa plantations. Oh, that's horrible. I know. Well, that is the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yes, that the, is the a lawsuit is the bottom. Yeah, the lawsuit the, uh, is the, the redesign was that a bottom? That's the thing. I don't know because, because okay, so so I think a lot a lot a lot of people are are saying that oh this is inclusive because it's a less sexist portrayal of a female M and M. But my thing thing is, they just kind of took gender out of out of all the M&Ms, really. Or gender expression out of all that the M&Ms. I think if that had been a more prominent change, then that would have been great. But, no, because the brown M&M still wears glasses and high heels. You know? So I think mm. it was overtly about taming the sexuality of the green M&M. Right. Which I don't know how I feel about. You want your M&M's to be sexual? I want my M&M's to, you know, be fucking each other all the time. But, like, but, but, but just the fact that, that they made such a big deal about this redesign that really doesn't matter and doesn't make a fucking difference, it's a bottom. 
What if you hear that, like, someone, that it make a difference for someone? Like who? Like a young girl. How could it possibly? Like a seven-year-old girl in who's Idaho. Like, who's who, like, oh my god, the green M&M doesn't wear high heels. That means I can wear sneakers too. I can wear sneakers too, yeah. Well, And you're going to be the one telling that little girl, like, fuck your feelings, wear heels. No, I, I think it's a larger societal problem that we are telling little girls to look up to chocolate candies. <laughs> Okay, well, based on that, yeah, it's a bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second thing that I wanted to bring up... Yes, bring up something. I'm excited, I'm excited. Um, well, Josh won't really participate a lot in this conversation. So, so like, basically most of the conversations we have on this podcast? It's true. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to bring up the... And just like that show... Um, which is the sequel series to Sex and the City. Um, And all of New York City has been talking about... How bad it is, right? How bad it is, but like... Real bad. But we we still still talk about it every single week. And this um, season has been very known for the depiction of a non-binary character. Chey Diaz, portrayed by... Um, Sarah Ramirez from um, Grace Anatomy thing. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they go by they, them pronouns. Amazing. And um, they're, they're like a comedian that does like comedy specials and they're highly successful. They have a podcast, Netflix show, um, and they hook up with um, Miranda um, in Carrie's Kitchen while she is... Um, Resting from the surgery. Hot. It's really... I hate it. I hate Why it. do you hate it? I hate the show. And I hate the character. Really? Because the character is just very ill-conceived. And Sex and the City was very well known for its lack of diversity. And, like, really... Mm, yeah. Like, it's... <clears throat> like, should... Like, a show like Sex and the City... It really makes me quite... Like... There's no way to please everyone because some people are going to be like, the only reason to why you're introducing diversity to the, to the, to the show is because you had this criticism. But at the same time, if you don't evolve and all the new people that you cast are so white, people are going to be like, you learn absolutely nothing from all these years. So it's like... Yes, but I think that, that you know, have they incorporated diversity in a way that that is organic and doesn't feel like a gimmick. No, and, like, that's why I'm saying, like, the introduction of Chady... Like, the reason to why Chady is, like, kind of fits into this plot is because they are Carrie's boss and they co-host the podcast that Carrie co-hosts. So it's, like, a cisgender woman, Carrie, a cisgender man, like, a cisgender straight man, um, which is this other character that, like, is a character of, like, a... A, like a horrible like straight person and then they're like you could have just said a straight person and, and shady as being like and i'm the one in the middle um so like they have this show and like all about all like they talk about is like not to say that this person could not exist but it truly is like they smoke weed all the time and supply weed to a minor they are polyamorous they are described as non-traditional. Like, they 
like, don't care when they, like, if they start drinking really early, like, um... Isn't that every character on Sex in the City, <laughs> though? But, like, no, like, it's very, like, it's every n- non-binary characteristic that it's put, that it's currently being put in media, I think, um, into one, and also, like, just not having a really good character. Like, they're, mm. like, they're show, like, their, their, their whole character, sorry, their whole character is, like, talking about how queer they are. Oh, uh, no, it's one of those. And it's like, oh, oh sh- like, I can finger you, and it's gonna be hot, because I'm queer, and, like, shit like that. And, like, they don't say, like, dialogue like that, but it truly does feel like that. And I think that a lot of the diversity has just, like, I think that when every character's subplot has to do with the reason to why they're considered diverse, mm, yeah, like it's really hard for it not to feel non-authentic, right? So, and like, and and and, and like, I get what you mean. It's like, it's like, I like, I feel like my personality is like twenty percent be me being gay. 25 on a good day. Right. But, like, but like that means that there's 75% of my personality that has nothing to do with that. Right. And I think for a lot of characters, and it sounds like for, for Che Diaz, it's just focusing on that on that sliver and of, it's, of their personality. And it's not only that. It's not only Che Diaz, but, like, also they have this character, Seema, who is, like, an Indian woman. And it's about her being 50-something and her parents, like, arranging a marriage for her and, like, her needing to find a husband. Like, we even get, like, a Diwali um, scene. So, oh, like... wow. Um, and then we have, like, the other two, like, characters of color, like, two black woman, women. The first one being the fact that Cynthia... Um, Miranda, like, just spewing a lot of microaggressions and then becoming closer after they have a dialogue on it. Um, or the fact that Charlotte... Let's save your porn. Like, Charlotte's... Um, like, Charlotte's best friend, now in the private school, organizes a dinner party, and not before Charlotte does one first and freaks out because she has no more black friends. Um, and this character only has um, black friends, and the only white friend they have is Charlotte. Like, you know, like, those are the subplots that we're giving to, like, these characters, and I'm yeah. like, why? Like, why, why is sex in the city... De- like, the arbiter of dealing with this, you know? Not only that, but, like, it's, like, sometimes I'm truly just existing. Like, why right. can't my issue be that I can't find my phone? Or that, like, <laughs> job is really screwing me over? Like, why, like, if I was in Sex and the City, like, they would have a huge DACA sign behind me, you know? Like, that's what it feels and, like. And, 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 I, and, and that's, like, I feel like they feel the pressure to be about something serious. Right. They, they want to, quote, say something, have, have some sort of meaning, and, like, they don't need to. Like, not everything needs to. Um, yeah. So, Chadia's, Chadia's is a, it's, it's, like, the idea of Chadia's is a bottom, and the show is also a big bottom. Wow. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep watching. But just a lot of bottoms that this week. A lot of bottoms. Well, um, for all of my NB folks listening, please tell us, how do you feel about Che Diaz? And just like that, Big died. 
Oh, right. I remember hearing about that and, like, like the Peloton thing. Yes. I mean, uh, and then Peloton had, like, an ad yeah. that came out a- after, like... And now a character in Billions just died of a heart attack on top of Peloton. <gasps> yeah. So, like, now they're freaking out. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Billions moves fast. Okay, Showtime. Um... <laughs> But thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, thank you all. We promise that the next episode won't take this long. Yes. I just have to see... Sh- um, I just have to be, um, see Josh more often. Yeah. I kind of don't want to do that. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we should let you know that this episode, it's it's been in development hell a while. Yeah. Charlie just, Chaplin and Jimmy Stewart were supposed right, to just, play us. Just, just like, uh, just like sing just all the like, way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna come back more often. Mm-hmm. Send us money. Um, <laughs> oh my God! You can't say that. They could. Well, I guess they could send <laughs> you us can't money. Can't say that. Um, we're soliciting. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Subscribe to our Patreon. Actually, we don't have a Patreon. We don't. Should we? Um. Josh is an OnlyFans. Did I ever tell you about the time when I used to confuse OnlyFans and Patreon? And so my brother was like, oh, you should get a Patreon. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And like, he, we, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Great story. Great story. <laughs> For another time. Um, but thank you all. And uh, keep it gay. Keep it gay. Goodbye. <laughs>